0: I'm here. Hello,
1: hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live, we are back on the Sports Keto Wrestle Bin Sports Keto Facebook pages for another edition of Smack Talk, reviewing SmackDown with myself and the legendary, the first of the dirties in wrestling. And the greatest mustache yes. in the world. Well, I'm
0: not. I'm Dutch. not. Well, I am one of the first. I am not the first with the dirty though, but I probably made it the most famous. I think. So
1: there you go. Take your credit.
0: Listen, the most listen, famous. Yeah, dirty. I, nobody else is going to give it to me. I heard it a long time ago. Hey, if you don't put yourself over, nobody else is going to do it. So I've been putting myself over, but it hadn't worked very good. But I try anyway.
1: How you doing, Dutch? How does it feel to be back How- live?
0: Well, oh, it feels good. It, it really does. Uh, last week, what happened to us last week? Anything happened to us last week? I, I, I don't know.
1: I, I was, I was available.
0: I know what happened. I was on location. There you go. And uh, Internet, don't hey, don't blame us, folks. We do our jobs. But, hell, you can't. I mean, you can't make a signal go through a from one computer to another to a transformer to something else and make sure it works. So we were lined up; it just the technology couldn't handle us. So I, I'm gonna handle it like that. So there you go. But uh, uh, so you want to talk? I guess I'm assuming that you want to talk about the show tonight.
1: Yes, Is that' it? There's a lot. There's a lot for us to discuss. On tonight's show, the go home show ahead of tomorrow night's SummerSlam. If you want to hear our thoughts, our predictions, a preview of this year's SummerSlam, me and Dutch did that here on the Sports Keto Binge YouTube channel. So you could check that out. There is some uh, clips, uh, some portions of that preview that is available for you to watch right now. But if you're watching this right now, remember to drop the thumbs up on the video, share this video with all your rest- Wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat, I'm, excuse me, not True Hill Heat Sports Heat, Wrestling YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified for all the great com, uh, content here, and of course, sound off in the live chat. We love to hear your thoughts on tonight's SmackDown as well as everything me and Dutch is going to discuss throughout the show. But Dutch. It's in the headline, so let's start off with that. A lot of controversy was steered up this week in the world of AEW. And what was otherwise a lot of positive news in regards to All Elite Wrestling this week with its 200 episode of Dynamite on TBS, you had the elite Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks re-signed with AEW this week. But a lot of the news and the headlines has been going to the fact that Lefisto, uh came out with a, a kind of a, uh, a scathing tweet towards AEW following last week's conversation after the sign was kind of zoomed in on and focused on on AEW Dynamite that said book the women's division better me and me and you kind of talked about it that's going to be mm-hmm. dropping on the sports keto uh wrestle binge youtube channel but LeFisto said basically that there's certain people that are complaining about the women's division but they're kind of part of the problem and they have like a toxic uh locker room basically accusations of that uh, we then had she had an interview with Sean Rossap of Fightful where she uh, talked about more uh, more information about it during her time as an enhancement talent on AEW Dark last year. She had an altercation with uh, Dustin Rhodes and Ruby Soho. She was involved in a six woman tag where uh, she only spent about like a minute or two in the ring involved in the matchup but then after the matchup Dustin Rhodes who is one of the producers for the AEW women's division basically let her know that he she made uh the women that are contracted talent look bad apparently and uh you had Ruby Soho she said didn't really treat her nicely and was kind of mean to her and she also said that Dustin Rhodes says that all French French Canadians are quote unquote assholes so that no, he didn't guy. say that. Appa- apparently so. Oh, okay.
0: so, that is so mean.
1: Uh that we is got so mean.
0: Uh, seriously. Are, are these adults?
1: I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure anymore. Too I don't
0: sure know. Okay, sure. explain something to me. Who is this Lafista girl girl?
1: She's an independent talent. She's been on the independent scene yeah, she, for the better part from? of two decades. Where's she from? Well, obviously French Canadian. She's a French Canadian. Okay. <laughs> she's she's from Canada.
0: Oh, but she's she's a little bit older than those other girls, I think.
1: Yeah, she's been in the business for more than two decades. Yeah, she's a she's a veteran of the independent scene. Oh, two she decades. made the independent independent wrestling hall of fame last year.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, I read the article she wrote, and I wasn't there. But I'm, and she didn't mention any names, I don't think. I think she did mention, she mentioned Dustin.
1: You mean in the tweet?
0: No, and she wrote an article then. Oh, okay. Right. But so she's talking about, she showed up for like a, she had a cup of coffee, basically, and went into the ring and she was in there for what, a minute?
1: A minute or two.
0: Okay, and she came out and then Dustin apparently uh, dragged her a little bit and said she made all the rest of them look bad. I don't know how you can do that in a minute. It can be done, I'm sure. But I don't think she got any instruction Mm -hmm. and not a lot of direction. So she was flying blind. So I'm not going to blame her nor am I going to blame the AEW backstage personnel because I think my personal opinion, my personal opinion is that the AEW backstage is a mess. I don't think there's once it leaves Tony's hands and he delegates all these other representatives to pick up what needs to be done. I think it's, uh, I don't think nobody knows the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. So when she said, what do you want me to do? Get in? No, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. So I don't know the truth on it, but what I would like to say is I think Tony needs to be a boss. He needs to go and he owns the company and he needs to kind of straighten his backstage out. And she had gone to see Tony specifically and she kept asking about him. You know, he's busy. He, I know how backstages are. It's, it's pandemonium. So I think the girl was basically lost from the get-go and there was no way to no way to get out of that. So uh, I, I do think he needs a little bit of more, well, not a little bit. He needs a hell of a lot more structure. Backstage. And who put out that what Lufisto said in the tweet was was wrong about the girls? Rojo, I mean, Ruby Soho. What did you say? Uh,
1: Well, a number of AEW talent earlier today uh, put out basically mass tweets at the same time, uh, which seems to kind of indicate that it was kind of a message from their PR department, uh, basically either disparaging Lufisto or talking about how much they enjoy their time in the AEW locker room and there's no bit of uh, toxic energy. It's more positivity. But uh, this started from Lefisto's tweet yesterday after uh, Dustin Rhodes responded to her interview talking about kind of his role as a trainer Uh and a producer for AEW and why sometimes it needs hard love, whether he loves or hates something. He has to be honest about it. Uh, Lefisto responded and said, had a one hour phone call with a current AEW talent. The women who actually addressed the problems I did today were the ones sent home by Tony Khan. There was a meeting to shoot on T- Thunder Rosa that Khan attended. Before leaving, he reminded them that their segments were the lowest. When some girls arranged a meeting to talk about Baker's crew, one of them ran to Britt to let her know. The girls that wanted to address the problem were the ones punished. Things didn't didn't get better. They got worse. The legit wrestlers believe Tony doesn't give a damn about women's wrestling and feel like they are going to back to the divas era. Ask me who the fuck am I? Tell me I'm irrelevant and that I'm doing this for attention. Call me a liar. Tell me to kill myself. You keep on closing your eyes and supporting human beings with shitty behavior, with the messages of support, and especially this phone call I received from AEW employees, this nobody did the right thing.
2: And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do
1: Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters.
0: Get it now. And that was Lou, the girl named Lufisto. 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 Okay. Well, listen, there's got to be some smoke there. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. I don't think this, this came off out of the blue. Because you know, she would like a job with AEW. And this is probably the worst way to get a job. Now, this I, I was in TNA and I was with a bunch of women. And I was I was the one who came up with the idea hey, let's have a women's division, and nobody liked it. Even Dixie didn't like it. You would think a woman in charge of a a wrestling uh, company would really like that, but she didn't really like it. Nobody, nobody saw the benefit of it. But I said, well, I just kept on and kept on. And Gail Kim gave me uh, a tape of awesome Kong, amazing Kong. And I watched that tape. And next time I saw Gail, I said, I want, I want her. He, she said, when do you want her? I said, yesterday. Let's get her down here as fast as we can. And we got her down there, and we started a women's division. Against everybody's, I guess, trepidation, you like that word, trepidation, I, I think against I, I everybody, they started picking up ratings and getting a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And finally, they were the top-drawing uh, segments on uh, impact on TNA Impact. They were the top drawing segments. And then I brought this up before, but we put Gail Kim versus uh Awesome Kong or Amazing Kong, I think we ended up calling her. I think. It's been a long time ago. But they she, ended up doing she a, was
1: Amazing Kong in Japan. you made her awesome
0: Kong. Awesome Kong. It was one or the other. But they ended up doing a segment number that was a record for except for one other segment and that's when hulk hogan came in and and he topped it but not much but the girls were good because i called them together one time and i made them feel like a unit i said girls listen you're no longer bitches and whores and sluts you're athletes and i want you to go out there And I want you to show these guys how to draw ratings. And that seemed to bring them together as a unit. And, you know, when you get a bunch of women together, and I've seen this in WWE too, you do have your prima donnas. You do do have, you know, girls out there, oh, no, I don't want to do this. But while I was there in TNA, we didn't have that. They all pulled together and I've never seen this before. They all pulled together to to support each other. So and they did that and it was it was very successful. I enjoyed my time there working with Gail and working with Awesome Kong and all of them because I don't I don't think we had that nitpicking back and forth. Oh stay away from here. You probably had it. I just didn't hear it. But what I'm what I'm seeing here in AEW. Uh, is they have these little different little groups, and the little groups cling together and kind of support each other. If you have one girl come in, like uh, Lou, Lou, what's her name? Lou Finster, what's her name? LaFisto. Okay, LaFisto. <laughs> well, she came in, and you know, if one girl didn't like him, then another girl didn't like her, another girl didn't like her. I mean, I don't think she had a chance anyway. If that's the way it's going to yeah. be, yeah. so yeah, I, and this so is, is that it,
1: I don't and know would, the girl. We would be wrong to not tell you know both sides of the story. In that, I'll, when you know the disparaging of March from AEW talent, it was a lot of AEW talent that had experience with Lefisto on the independent scene, so she didn't have the best reputation going in. So I don't know if, you know, seeing her kind of reminded people of their past with her. And that's why they kind of worked to get her out of there. But she responded to all the AEW tweets that we saw earlier today. And she said, good that everybody at at AEW uh, got the memo to write as much shit on me as possible so I can be... uh, I can be seen as a waste of a human being not worth living, even people who never had a single conversation with me. Even better to see people I never did anything wrong being so desperate to get a job jumping on the bandwagon. Soon I'll see you uh, hypocrites be part of be a star and mental health matters advertisements acting like you care. Enjoy your paychecks and keep on stabbing each other in the back pretending this is normal. I can only hope that your hate towards me will get you to finally fucking work together for the best of women's wrestling now that problems have been called out. So many are miserable, uh, frustrated, and will whisper their anger, but never will stand and speak up. I wanted to leave this world knowing women's wrestling was better. It was a while for a while, but not anymore. The sad part is that you accept it without saying a word. It is what it is. What a waste.
0: Well, again, I wasn't there. And I hate this happened to anybody in this business because we all have to work together. Hey, I've been around guys too. They do the same stuff, but women are, are worse. They, they really are because they will nitpick and they will nitpick. And, you know, not that much difference b- between a woman in real life and a woman back in the dressing room, except there's less of them. And they, they cause more problems. They do. They cause a lot of problems or they can, but that I think says more about AEW than it says about the girls. Because they need leadership. They need direction. They need somebody to step up and and take control of that group and say, if I hear about this, you know, we're going to have a problem. And some of you could be gone. No, Now, if I was in charge of that group, if I would have to say something like that, I got a problem, a big problem. Now you don't know who's going to report who's saying what. And then you you, you turn into having a bunch of stooges. And that's what you don't want to have. You want to have uh, a pride within that group and the girls supporting each other and everybody on on the same page. But I think Tony needs – I think, it, it, again, we can lay this right on the lap of, of Tony Khan. That, that uh, division kind of r- runs on itself, I guess. And this is another thing wrong with the women's division in AEW. I was really big on this willow raven. What's her name? Willow. You know what I'm talking Lord about? Nightingale. I was really high on her. Then you will see her one week and then you won't see her again for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and you'll see somebody else. And all of a sudden they're getting a little bit of a run. Then they just cut them off with no explanation of what's happening. I think they have too many girls tell you the truth and you can't make them all happy. So I hate this happened, but you got to get that group. You can't have a football team with a prima donna wide receiver. He wants the ball every time. Now, if you have a prima donna wide receiver and a prima donna running back, now they, they don't like each other. Then they keep, Pulling for somebody else, one of them to mess up, somebody to fumble, somebody to drop a pass. But that's not the way you win games. You know, your, your judges out there are the people who buy tickets and pay-per-views and merchandise. So if you're spending all your time fighting each other, you know, you're, you're missing the main uh, crux of your whole business, and that is to attract fans. Anyway, I hope they straighten it out. But that's that's my that's my piece on it. And what did Dustin Rhodes say? I think the girl you said she entered there without the best reputation, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what has she done on the independent circuit? Have you already think about that?
1: I have friends that have worked on the independent circuit and it's just have bad experiences with her. They all with her. didn't want to. Yeah, they didn't want to like go into kind of details with everything, but I mean, uh, we. Sh- I mean, I the best it. kind of tweet. The best kind of tweet from Ev, from basically AEW talent. That kind of kind of ever, a lot of people were getting behind, whether it's in AEW or otherwise, was MJF, who who usually doesn't break character for these type of things, but he did here, where he put out a tweet and he said, "If you listen to miserable people who never made it in this sport, that's not exactly the brightest thing to do." Use your brain. If someone's been in professional wrestling for over a decade and you find them to be talented, but they've never truly, quote unquote, panned out, there's a reason for it. One, lack of talent. Two, difficulty to work with. Three, delusional. Just to name a few. People love to talk ill of companies and will say things like, I'm the only person who's brave enough to speak up. When in reality, the only reason you're spewing bullshit is because you are you are aware deep down you aren't going to make it. So what's the harm in spewing reckless lies and trying to hurt hardworking, talented people on your way down to obscurity? We have an amazing woman's locker room. Sorry, not sorry.
0: Damn. Okay, that tells me that A&W, as a unit... Uh, got all their talent together and say, let's all attack this girl. Because all of a sudden they just not going to say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to attack this girl because I don't like what No, they were ordered to or asked to, and they did it. So this is an orchestrated response to her. Now, again, I don't know. I don't know the girl, but they want her voice. They want to censor her they want to cancel her and she may not even have a point i don't know AEW if they would just do this next time you have something like this don't say shit about it don't say nothing because the more you say the more you stir fans up and they fans love this crap they love this shit now they get to say oh you're now they get the fans will start attacking each other on the little, you know, bulletin lines or whatever they talk on, but I think the less said, it, it, it's better. So I don't, I don't understand the the group think of let's all attack her because it now looks like the whole company are, are they just said, hey, would you do this? So they said, oh yeah, I'll do it. I don't know. It's a weird. It, it's I didn't know. Uh, seriously, I didn't know crap about this. To you brought it up to me today. I said, and I had heard, the girl, I had heard the girl's name, but I've never, I saw her work. I watched the tape of her work. She's, she's a pretty good worker. She is. But she is. That, that doesn't mean that she's, you might be easy to work with in the back. So you got to have a backside. You got to have a front side to be successful. You can be the most talented person in the world, and actually, the most talented person booking it, but you could be a miserable person to get along with. So, and I've ha- I've had situations like that. It didn't last long because I just usually took a, a two by four and clubbed them over the head. And after I did that, I beat them. I beat them into submission, and then they were a lot easier to deal with. I'm kidding. I'm, Who was this is- the
1: most difficult person you had to deal with backstage?
0: Oh, a lot of them. I mean, most difficult person I ever had w- was just like just a one match guy, hmm. and usually those were the bodybuilders that got in and oh yeah, got this body, man, uh, Hulk Hogan is my favorite. Whoa, yay! After about three four minutes, they have blown sky high. They're beating the crap out of you. And you think they're going to die. Then you hope they die. Then you want to die. Before <laughs> when none of that happened, you said, please take me out of this. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, guys that are not difficult, but don't want to do a lot of stuff early in my career. This guy, I, he was going to go over and he, he says, and I said, why don't you just took a small package? Oh, no, man, I, I got to get my, I got to get my comeback in. I said, well, hell, you just made a comeback. Oh, that's not my comeback. I got to do this and this and this and this. I said, well, hell, I should beat you then. I, I You do all that. <laughs> you should be tired. I should just, be, you know, take, take, take you out. But he didn't want to do it, but he did do it because I said, that's what I'm doing That's what the Booker told us to do. So that's what I'm fucking doing. So you either do it or not. And if we change the finish, you're going to be the one explaining to him that you did it, not me. So he he went and did it. And he was a miserable bastard. He was a guy that, listen, Jerry Lawler, he was in Memphis. Jerry Lawler gave him his notice one time. I can't remember this guy's name. Gave him his notice. And the guy refused to leave. What? And the guy said, "Yeah, he wouldn't take his notice." He said, "I got to finish you up in in two weeks." And the guy says, well, "I'm not leaving." And Lawler had never heard. I've never heard of it either. Lawler says, "Well, yeah, I'm finishing you up. I'm not. I'm not leaving." And Lawler, he was. I, I think this is one of his early years of booking. He said, "Well, you you, you got to leave. I'm I'm finishing you up." He said, "Well, I'm not going." And I said, I finally asked Lawler, I said, how did it end up? And Lawler said, it ended up saying, well, I'll book you as much as I can. (laughs) I'll book you as much as I can. That's the the best I can do. And he finally just stopped booking him, and the guy got the message. I never heard that before. Like a guy, like you're on a job, the guy says, well, this is your last day. Well, I'm not leaving. And then the next week you show up,
2: and I don't know, it's Listen, we live in
0: crazy times now. I think you've noticed. So, yes. but I've lived through a oh, lot of crazy I. times. But anyway, I hope the uh, Lufisto Lafista situation, Lefista. Uh, gets I guess. The Bob was AEW and Tony Khan. Oh. I tell everybody to shut up because oh, we yes, get you've given that girl you given that girl a forum, you've given her a uh, a podium to speak from, and people will start listening to her. They actually did more for her career doing this than she's done in 20 years. Now I know who she is. Okay, continue. Ask me something else.
1: Yes, hopefully they work everything out, and hopefully no harm is done to anybody by anyone else, uh, whether it's in words or, you know, Physical harm to yourself. We don't want to see any of that happen. So hopefully everything works itself out. But let's talk about tonight's episode of SmackDown finally, as uh it was the go home show ahead of tomorrow night, WWE SummerSlam in Detroit, Michigan. They were in Ohio tonight for this show. Uh Paul Heyman explained uh the history of the tribal chief ahead of tribal combat uh at tomorrow night at SummerSlam. Slam. heyman was in the ring and briefly insulted the crowd. He then said that this was the last thing Roman Reigns wanted Wait, to happen. What did,
0: what, did, what did Paul Heyman say up early, ladies? If there is such a thing in Ohio, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, okay, you Go ahead. You
1: you say Ohio, and he shall come. Joining us from Detroit, <laughs> though not Ohio. It is our third of three of our trios champions here on Sportskeeda
2: WrestleBinge. It's Rick Eugeno. How you doing, Rick? What's what's going on, guys? Can you can you hear me? Okay, I have to go off the computer mic because I didn't pack something. <laughs> you got me. Oh, the the mic. <laughs> yeah, the the mic that plugs into my uh, computer. I, I spent the last five minutes looking for it and I can't find it. So hopefully I sound all right.
1: You sound fine. You sound
0: okay.
2: Good. How does he sound Dutch?
0: Have you been, Rick? I've been good.
2: I've been good, Dutch. Nice to see you get the computer up and running. And you look great. You look really hey, good, Dutch.
0: Have you have you missed me?
2: Of course. In
0: small me and Sid missed you so bad. Actually, last week we, we broke down in tears at one point. I believe it. It was really it was really touchy and humbling yeah, for me. So I'm I'm glad you're back.
1: It's like uh, tears I, gonna run, and I'm wondering why. Got out of bed at all?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I am uh, happy to be here with you guys. How, how's the show been so far?
1: Uh, we have uh, not even gotten into tonight's SmackDown, so you came <laughs> at the perfect time because we we spend a lot of time talking about Lefisto's comments on AEW's women's division, which has been a lot of the chatter. A hot an issue in wrestling but now we're talking about smackdown and we're gonna talk about all the bloodline stuff as we usually do here on uh smack talk to get that out the way and then you could run through like in five minutes <laughs> uh paul Heyman comes out and he explains the history of tribal combat and the tribal chief he says this is the last thing that roman reigns wanted to happen Heyman talks to the told the fans to blame jay uso for most likely never seeing jimmy uso ever again what happens to Jay Uso tomorrow won't be anyone else's fault but uh Roman Reigns, as there will be no remorse, regret, or plea for uh, Benediction and uh Heyman through to a history video package of the tribal of the tribal kind of lay and the ceremonial lay and uh, the, the it's called the you the Yula Fala. Uh, and we see comments from the wild Samoans, Alpha and Sika as well as Rikishi and Haman said the only rule in the tribal combat it will be that there will be a winner. And basically they made it sound like the the how to become a Black Panther. That's basically how they how they how they explained it to me. How I interpret it is how you become the Black Panther. You fight. no no rules. You fight with the weapons, you don't have any powers. You, you, fight and you become the Black Panther. You win. That's basically tribal chief. That's basically how I, how I explained it in my head. But back to Haven in the ring, who said, uh, Reigns is the undisputed universal champion and everyone's tribal chief for almost three years. Something Jey Uso will never be, uh, there's more to this segment, but just the video package within itself first. We'll start with Dutch. What did you think about the video package kind of going over the lay, seeing kind of the legends of the family, the Wasam and Rikishi there?
0: Who is that question to? To Rick? Dutch.
1: It's always oh, to it's
0: you. Oh, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoy video packages. This is a, a go ho show. This is a wrap-up show. So they're putting all their stuff out there for the last time uh, for the people to view it. Was, uh, I, I, think it was a, I think this whole show was good. I don't think there was one segment that was not interesting. May have been, I may not have wanted to see it as much as the others, but it was a very good show and a great uh, description uh, of the bloodline and all their history and all their ancestry bringing it forward. Uh, good job. They did a good job of that.
1: Rick, what did you think about the video package? Uh,
2: I didn't get to see the video package per se. Uh, I was kind of working while the show was going on, so I was more listening than I was actually watching the the video package. So I want to go back and I want to watch that later. Uh, But I did really enjoy the segment. Nobody can, look, nobody helps sell anything in WWE as well as Paul Heyman does. Uh, He knocked it out of the ballpark with another great promo. Uh, I loved uh, Jay getting involved in this as well. And you know, this was this was a really strong go-home segment heading into tribal combat. And SP3, if you really want your mind blown, um, just realize that Black Panther is really just the Lion King, which is really just Hamlet. So uh, just throwing all that out there for you.
1: <laughs> no. Mustafa yeah, no. didn't have to fight Scar to become the king. We we literally did not have to watch that process. Like it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. You see the connection. In, in black in Black Panther. Uh, as, as Rick said, Jay Uso would come out, make his way to a ring with a massive ovation. He he says that he'll light up Reigns with stick chairs. He says he's the head of the table, he's gonna put him through a table, he will bring everything he has tomorrow to beat Roman Reigns and become the new tribal chief. Then Solo Sokoa comes back comes out, he's held back by Heyman. Jay tries to tell his brother the mind games don't work anymore, as he doesn't need to follow orders from reigns he's basically trying to talk some sense into his younger brother uh hayman told him to stop questioning whether sokoa believed that or not and sokoa basically seemed to hesitate and look at him then he tells Heyman to get out Heyman is hesitant and tries to like uh, Stop! But then Jay comes in, pops him with the super kick, and then tells him he'll see him later. And that led to the main event: Jay Uso versus Solo Sikoa. Very physically intense kind of main event. I thought that these uh, these two did not hold anything back. And the BM brothers, they were very hard hitting. Uh, very good main event matchup with Jay Uso getting the win with a spear and the Uso splash, getting some much needed momentum ahead of tribal combat. And then after the match, Solo tried to attack Jay to weaken him, and Jay laid him out to stand tall to end the show. Uh, Dutch, did you think that they did a good job of creating doubt? and putting a seed in fans' hands that Jay Uso can get the job done tomorrow night?
0: No, I think they increased it. You know, you're going to have those people that want to see Roman dethroned anyway, by any means available, which I think is a bad move. But uh, they had a good match, and Soho, he got beat. I mean, uh, Solo got beat. It didn't hurt him at all. He's in the middle of the story, having Paul Heyman with him was, was is a great addition. I mean, he he can take cow poop and make it seem like a big star sometimes. But uh, I thought this whole show was good, and the last and 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 the last uh, segment. See, because now WWE they have you thinking. Are they going to go against the grain or with the grain? So you don't know. And that's, to me, is the best thing you can have in wrestling. They're kind of unpredictable. And now I think they got the fans kind of thinking that way. But good segment. Good go-home segment. I agree with Rick.
1: So to – Open the show though they had uh la night open the show to a big ovation, huge ovation from these fans. Uh look at look at Dutch's camera following him as he tries to move around. Hey, uh, and- they
0: started doing that, all of a sudden it did it one day. I said, What the hell? That, it kind of scared me. The camera's not supposed to do that, but I guess it is.
1: Knight talked about that uh, the it's now a 25 man battle royal at Summerslam, the Sim Gym battle royal tomorrow night. The graphic showed that Knight has been confirmed, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, Karrion Cross, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Santos Escobar, uh, Grayson Waller, and the Miz. Knight said that the graphic obviously wasn't everyone in it and ran down the Miz before insulting Sheamus. Uh, this led to the opening matchup between LA Knight and Sheamus. This was a pretty good matchup. Solid affair for both of these guys. I thought LA Knight Just massively over. Even even Sheamus, who is over as a babyface with these fans, couldn't couldn't get them on their side on his side uh, against LA Knight. The finish comes when uh, basically the Miz seemingly gets involved in the matchup. He's taken out by Sheamus with the ten beats of the Bowery. Uh, Knight almost gets the win with a roll up, but then Sheamus goes for the the Bro Kick and he hits it on the Miz. And LA Knight hits BFT for the win. Rick, what did you think about this opening contest here? L.A. Knight getting the win, and should L.A. Knight be the favorite going into SummerSlam tomorrow night?
2: Uh, I think he has to be at this point because they – the, the the biggest clue was Michael Cole on commentary, right? It, it, it's it's now canon. Like Everybody's complaints about L.A. Knight the last few months, myself and everybody else on this panel included, is, yeah, he's massively over, but if he doesn't start winning sooner rather than later – how much longer is that going to last? The guy's been a miracle worker to get as over as he is at this point without winning a damn thing and having a months of bad booking. And now all of a sudden, Michael Cole's like, now he's got to start winning matches, which to me tells me he's going to start winning matches. And he's, he won tonight. Yeah, there was some BS involved, but they're trying to build a battle royal tomorrow. And yeah, 100%, he should be. And he should be with, with WWE signing this, this largest ever uh Partnership with Slim Jim and them getting a ton of money. La Knight is the perfect, perfect spokesman to to take over that Macho Man Randy Savage role. He per, he's re, 1980s wrestling personified. Snap into a Slim Jim, yeah, like that needs to be the thing moving forward. It's La Knight. Yes, go. There's his big push. Slim Jim is La Knight's big push. There you go. Do you agree, Dutch?
0: I agree. Hey, when you have a big corporate sponsor on your side, that kind of guarantees they're going to do something with you because they've got some money backing them up and they're going to listen, but he is over big time. He came not out of nowhere. I knew he had talent. Everybody knew he had talent, but they've adopted him. The fans have adopted, adopted him as their own. and, they're telling WWE, you're going to listen to us. You have to listen to us. And they're saying, you got to push this guy. We want to see him. We're going to respond to him. Now, WWE, since they're no longer living in a hearing-impaired vacuum, they hear that. Apparently, Slim Jim heard it. <laughs> well, now he's he's got everything on his side now. So, and he can live up to it. And he's going to be a massive star. A lot more. Remember, guys, when he came out with the maximum male models, Uh I said, oh, oh my God. I keep bringing this up. Dead on arrival. They were dead before arrival. They didn't have to wait till they got there. They were already dead. And I think uh, uh, L.A. Knight saw that and said, guys, just take me out of this. Just I don't care what you do. Just don't put me with them. That's a guaranteed death. And I think they agreed with him, took him out and and he got over by getting beat. So what else can you, what, if, you know, you, at one of those creative sessions, they had to sit back and they said, wait a minute, this guy is getting over and we're beating him every week. So I, I got a, I got a great idea. What if we did something with him? Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Let, let's try it. And they did. And, now, look, look what a hot commodity they have on their hands. It's
1: working out for them. Uh, the opening contest with all the, uh, basically, the Battle Royal participants being around ringside set up, uh, basically, some fallout later on in the night. Uh, we got into... Uh, encounter between the oc and the brawling brute which led to a backstage segment where uh even sheamus and aj style joined their stable mates in like an altercation between the two crews and adam pierce made a tag team matchup of butch and rich holland versus carl anderson and luke gallows i think they got about six seven minutes here it was fine for what it was but it was really more used as a backdrop for the reintroduction of the street profits who came out all Mm -hmm. suited and booted new suit, even Angelo Dawkins even buttoning up his blazer after laying the beat down on the brawling brutes and the OC laying out both teams. And then afterwards, Bobby Lashley coming out to a huge reaction from the crowd who chanted Bobby, Bobby for this new group. That he seems to be leading, whether it's Hurt Business 2.0 or hopefully a new name. What do you think about all of this, Rick? And what did you think
2: about the reintroduction of the Street Profits? Um, yeah, this this is what I have been waiting for with the Street Profits. I where they got drafted is something that always stuck in my mind is they got drafted so high by smackdown and then they did nothing with them remember when they did like that big number one contenders tag team uh, gauntlet match and they were out before the first commercial break and i'm going what on god's green earth are you doing with these guys you're not splitting them up you're not setting up montez for his big solo push that we've all been waiting three years for at this point you're not doing anything with them in the tag team division What's the plan here? And ultimately, it as, uh, with as much as Triple H has been in charge, it's been more the same. Patience is a virtue. Wait and see. Sh-
0: Who said it first? Patience.
2: Triple H does seem to have a plan. He doesn't always enact it when we think he should, and we tend to ask a lot of questions. And before you know it, boom, he slaps something like this on us. This is exactly the kind of new direction that the Street Profits needed. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's a heel turn, but if you noticed, much like us and myself cheering at home when they came out, that Dayton crowd tonight was happy to see the Street Profits up on the stage, looking all sharp, looking all clean with Bobby Lashley. It seemed like everybody in that crowd were all thinking the same thing, at least we're us on the same page with me, in the fact of. Yes, let's and go. This is awesome. I'm going to cheer for this because this is something that I wanted to see. I'm intrigued. I'm bought in. I'm excited to see where this goes.
1: And it's something that can help all three and give SmackDown another another stable after losing uh, Imperium. And uh, Imperium's been helping out Monday Night Raw since then. Uh, they did more SummerSlam oh. hype as they did vignettes for the three participants in the WWE Women's Championship Triple Threat Match. The first one was a vignette of Charlotte. She's on a yacht. She's enjoying the summer. She's talking about being in the biggest women's match in SummerSlam history. And she says she's not looking uh, to beat Bianca Belair or Asuka tomorrow. They have to beat her. Uh, they show clips of all of her wins at SummerSlam and mention for the first time on air, I think, the fact that she's 5-0 and at SummerSlam undefeated. Uh, that line honestly didn't, it seemed like, it seemed like though uh, Charlotte had no interest in winning the title when she said that. That didn't make any sense, but Michael Cole called her a trailblazing superstar. Then we got uh, both Asuka and Bianca Belair's vignettes later in the night. Asuka is at a training gym, and she's punching a, a boxing bag and doing MMA training, and she's basically saying that it's not fair that she has to defend her title in a triple threat match. She says she beat Bianca. She's beaten Charlotte. She doesn't d- need to be in this triple threat match, but she's going to win the triple threat match and walk out the woman's champion at SummerSlam. And then finally we get Bianca Belair, which comes off more like how like Char- Charlotte's was more like a reality show. Asuka was more like a wrestling vignette. And then Bianca was a little bit of both. Because he had Bianca Belair kind of putting her gear together. They show her making her own gear, so that was like a reality show. Then they show her training, so that was like a wrestling vignette. And then she's cutting the promo, talking about she's the ESD. She has to get back what she deserves. KOD, one, two, three. She's winning at SummerSlam. It was simple, yet fine. For I won't even say effective. <laughs> I can't even say very effective. It was just fine. For, for the go-home segment, whereas I thought with kind of like what I thought on Raw with Cody and Brock, you got to kind of nail the go home build when the build has kind of been so-so so far. You got to kind of stick the go-home build, whereas Ronda and Shayna did that. I don't think these vignettes did that for this triple threat match. But what did you think, Dutch?
0: Did it make you want to see it anymore? No, not at all. Me either. I mean, it's a, it was a great package. It doesn't make me want to see it anymore. And I, I think the, what you mentioned about Charlotte, those type of interviews she did on the yacht and laid back, I think they're overdone. And I think when I see that, I go, "Oh, please do something else. Please do something. Else. But I think they should go in there. I think it'll be a hell of a match. I cannot even predict the winner. I'm going to say she retains is what I'm going to say. I don't see any reason why she wouldn't because now she's got two guys, girls chasing her, but they got to take care of each other. And that takes time. Remember the new, the the new byline in WWE right now is patience. Eventually, you just keep studying something and you will come up. I would say 75% of the time with the winning formula. Just take your time. Don't push it too soon. But it didn't make me want to see the match any more than I already want to see it. I think it's going to be a great match anyway, but didn't enhance my, my intrigue about going into it.
1: Rick, who you got tomorrow, Asuka, Charlotte, or Bianca?
2: Honestly, the more I think about the the evidence to, to me points towards EOS guy cashing in tomorrow like I, I i i just i just get that sense now because they they've fallen especially with eo which we'll get into a, a little bit later they've now fallen into the trope with her where she's starting to rack up losses which is typically the mo for a money in the bank briefcase holder before they cash in and i i so much of this build has been centered around bianca and charlotte that oscar and the title seem like a big third wheel in this so to me this feels like this this didn't feel like go home vignettes tonight i agree with you at sp3 i thought individually they were all three great in their own way and i actually really liked charlotte's because it kind of gave me this sense of like after rocky had won the title and he had like 10 or 12 title defenses right and like he's He's got all the confidence in the world, and he's focused on all these other things. She's out there on a yacht. She ain't sweating anything. She's like, I'm five and oh at SummerSlam. I'm a fourteen-time world champion. She's this is going to be a walk Rocky. in the park. She's going to be a Rocky. walk in she's, the park.
1: She's Apollo after de- retaining his title against Rocky in Fair. the first
2: movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That good point. There, there's something along the line. I, There was a correlation in there somewhere, but. That, that's the vibe that I got from it. And she, I feel like tomorrow she's going to walk away really, really pissed off. And it's going to be her and Bianca moving forward. And then it's going to be EO, whether she successfully cashes in or not, it's going to be EO and Asuka moving forward. So I think EO is going to play a major part uh, in this matchup tomorrow night.
1: Honestly, the only thing that this vignette made me change is maybe my pick because them acknowledging that uh, Charlotte is 5-0 and at SummerSlam is not good if you don't want to see Charlotte Flair win tomorrow night. <laughs> um, we get a recap of Santos Escobar earning his U.S. title shot last week uh, along with the moment Rey Mysterio got injured on the dive. Michael Cole said uh, Mysterio is considered day-to-day and suffered severe whiplash uh, Kayla Braxton is backstage with Austin Theory, who questions how Escobar won last week when the match was stopped. Theory hopes Mysterio is watching next week, so he's dedicating his win against Santos to him. And tonight, Theory will crush the dreams of uh, Cameron Grimes after experiencing Austin Theory live. Although I did like the line of uh, dedicating the win to uh, Rey Mysterio. It's just something so bland about what everything Austin. Th- I feel like I feel like these are promos written out of the early two thousands by Austin Theory. Hmm. Am I the only one? I don't know. It just feels like that. Oh, it uh, just feels like I watched
0: a bunch of who, who did, did you see? You know, something we didn't bring up was the botch by LA Knight. Remember when you went up on the ropes and he came down?
1: Oh yeah, that was a bad
0: they botch. Tried to go a back bad up botch. again, and then they got all messed up. And I thought uh, Seamus had like torn his knee out because it got trapped in that. I don't know. They're lucky. Those guys must be living right up there or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they dodged injuries, but but that was that was yeah. the botch of the night. But uh, the whole match felt of
1: off. Thought? It felt like it fell off the rails at that point too when that happened. And
0: did well, when you he went up and he lost his balance and tried to get up there again. So but they recovered from it. And that's what you have to do in wrestling. Not everything can go according to plan. You better be ready to adjust on a moment's notice. And they did, so I'm glad they did that. Uh what are we talking about now?
1: <laughs> <are we> talking, <laughs> I don't know what you're what are you going from right there, now? but Uh, It was Austin Theory then uh, came out, and he faced uh, Cameron Grimes. Early on, Santos Escobar came out because during the opening matchup, Theory blasted uh, Escobar, blindsided him on the outside. So Escobar came out looking for a little bit of revenge. This distracted Theory, enough for Cameron Grimes to hit the cave-in and almost beat the U.S. champion great in shot. seconds. But uh, Theory got his foot on the rope. I thought that was a great near fall and opening to the matchup. But then the matchup was basically non-existent after that. It was basically Cameron Grimes dominating. And then Austin Theory hit two moves and one. Yep. Went like five and a half minutes. It was it was fine. This is a I, lot I of, a lot of the wrestling on this show. My description of it was it was fine. It was fine. Yep. It was there. SP3
2: to your point, since he lost since he beat John Cena at WrestleMania, it something just seems off about Austin Theory. And I can't I can't I pinpoint it. I can't pinpoint it. Like there needs to be a change, there needs to be he, it's just been like status quo after it. He just seems like a guy. He just seems like a guy anymore. He's the, he's They used him more to enhance pretty deadly ahead of uh, Kit Wilson's injury um, than anything. He hasn't had a title defense on a premium live event since he beat John Cena. It's almost like Cena's promo has become a self-fulfilling prophecy to steal one of your lines uh, and made Cena's promo against him seem worse and worse by the day, and I still don't understand why he decided to do it. Um, It it feels like Santos Escobar needs to win next weekend. Like there needs to be a change. There needs to be an upgrade in that United States title picture. Santos can get a big boost by doing that. Um, If it's not going to be LA night down the road, but I think Santos winning that would be great for him to continue his progression. And it would give Austin Theory... A new direction to go. Like he's still very, very talented. Just whatever they're doing with him right now, it's it's not working. And I can't pinpoint what it is exactly.
0: I'm agreeing with you. He's missing the mark somewhere. He's not landing. And I I can't quite pinpoint it either. There's just something missing, and they're going to start looking for it. So let's hope they find it. And. They gave him a, a little bit of a change, what, five, six weeks ago? He came out and changed his appearance and his, his outlook. But I think well, – he they, they he's been, got, changing, like he's, he's he's been almost, changing
1: his gimmick since he failed the cash in last year, basically. Yeah. Well, changes, like up
0: well, he's sitting so, there course, in the car, and, and it's idling, and he's not, he's not racing the engine. He's not doing – he's just sitting there. So – We'll see what they do. That's up to them. I don't know what to do with
2: it. I mean, maybe, a- it's, maybe they're doing it on purpose because it feels like for the last two years, pretty much since he got up to the main roster, he's been so heavily featured. Maybe they just decided let's, let's put him in cruise control for a little bit and, and give some other folks some time to shine. Maybe that was done on purpose. And by comparison, it just feels like he doesn't feel as big of a deal because he has been so heavily featured leading up to WrestleMania to where even the slightest bit of a drop off is is gonna you know have that kind of effect.
0: That's I mean, a it's damn good answer. Be, it's, gonna,
1: it's gonna be noticeable because of that as well. Oh, so someone who who's really been getting the TV time that Austin Theory used to get is Grayson Waller. And yeah. he had another edition of the Grayson Waller effect with uh special guest damage controls, Bailey and Miss Money in the Bank EO Sky. Uh Waller acts if Sky was going to cash in her money in the bank contract. Uh Tomorrow night. Before sky could answer though, Bailey said all the idiots will have to wait for Sky's decision. Where uh we hear laughing from Shotzi throughout the arena as Bailey gets scared, but it was Waller who was behind it, crackling at Bailey's reaction. Bailey says she's not scared, but then Shotzi's music hits, and then Bailey uh says, Ha ha, ha she doesn't fall for it. But Waller says he's not behind it. We see someone come out on a tank. And uh, Bailey basically tells EO to go, uh, you go run up on them. She runs up, but then she realized that something's different. And then Shotzi appears from behind Bailey, she attacks her, and she's got a fanny pack with clippers in it. And she's uh, trying to cut Bailey's head, uh, hair. She runs after Bailey. EO is in the ring, and then uh, in disguise as Shotzi was Zelina Vega setting up our next matchup. It's Zelina versus EO. Zelina scored a victory over EO in the lead up to Money in the Bank, and then this time she scored another win over Miss Money in the Bank after EO looked like she was dominating, went for over the moonsault, but then uh, Shotzi and Bailey came fighting out by the entranceway. uh, Shotzi got the better of Bailey and went to cut her hair. was able to escape, but that distracted EO long enough for Zelina to hit the code red for the victory here. Rick, you mentioned it earlier. Zelina getting another win over EO. Do you think that you did that make you more positive that EO is going to cash in tomorrow night? And do you think that that's going to be kind of further set up? And what did you think about the latest in this program between Shotzi and Bailey?
2: Um. Shotzi looks really good with short hair. Doesn't she? Like she, she's got a really good look and like, it's not like she had a bad look beforehand, but it, I don't know. I like this crazy unhinged short haired Shotzi. It, it, it just works for me. It's a different, she's always been kind of unhinged, but now it's like they've cranked it up to 11 to steal a spinal tap uh, reference there. But I, I liked Grayson Waller punking Bailey. It's like he'll he poke fun at anybody, heals baby faces, he doesn't care. I liked that. And then when her music hit and he genuinely, like, the smile goes away from his face. And he's like, no, for real, I had nothing to do with this. And it's like, you know, Shotzi was coming out from somewhere. I thought this was very well set up. Um, yeah, but the more that EO loses, because she she – the massive distraction. It felt like she was up on the top rope for like three minutes watching what Shotzi and Baylor was doing. It's like, you got to match, you know, like focus on that. But regard, it always comes down to a timing thing with, with some of these things that they attempt to do. Um, if they just fed it up a little bit, it would be better. But I, I do think the more, that Shot, the more that EO loses, the closer we get to her cashing in, which I wouldn't necessarily want her to cash in tomorrow, to be honest, because she's only had it for a month. Let's elongate this out a little bit more.
1: Yeah, Shotzi with the with the haircut reminds me, uh, Dutch, of your time in TNA. Uh, Roxy Laveau, remember her? Remember when she got her her haircut? That kind of the what uh, Shotzi reminds me of. What do you think about the new look for Shotzi? Her program with Bailey and Zelina getting the win here.
0: Well, the real reason that she cut her hair, I respect, but she does look different. And she may have, she may have, I don't know if it makes her prettier or not. I don't know that, but I've always been leery of going out with girls with butch haircuts or something about them. I don't know, but uh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? He's up to something, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, but this is what I'm going to say. I have no idea what they're going to do tomorrow. And that's good. Oh, are we, are we back home? Uh, and again, well, that's, that's why we watch wrestling. I want to, I want to see how they produce it, and how they carry it out. So I'm going to watch that just like a fan, because I don't think she should cash it in. I don't. I think let it. I'm with Rick there. Let it drag out a little more. Just because you have money in the bank, uh, briefcase doesn't mean you should cash it in all of a sudden. Take your time and Because now it gives the announcers something to say week after week after week. And you could cash it in. You know what you, you never see anymore? You never see any title changes on a live event ever. But when you used to see them back in the territorial days, the cameras were there always. So you could actually do a hell of a title change in a big live event arena and then play it back on Raw or SmackDown. And it is something different. See, we uh, I think the title change is now reserved for the pay-per-views, basically, and it's okay. You still get the same result. But I think they should change it up once a year maybe. So it's almost like anything can happen. And I think WWE almost has people in that state of mind now that you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Very true, but we shall see what's going to go down tomorrow night. Detroit, Michigan, Ford Field. Rick Ucino will be there for WWE SummerSlam 2023. Like I said earlier, me and Dutch previewed and gave our predictions for the entire card. The entire card, all eight matches. You can check that out. Sports Key to WrestleBinge right now. Check that out after we're done here. Rick, we thank you for being on location and joining us. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on across the spectrum, even though they're going to be missing you on the collision review over on Fightful tomorrow.
2: Yeah. uh, Well, actually that, that, Collision Review got moved to Sunday, so they're going to do a there Sunday recap because, you know, uh, SummerSlam is going on tomorrow night. But I'm still not going to be on it because I'll be driving back to Cincinnati. Uh, regardless, uh, yes, so today was a very, very busy day. Uh, went to the uh, SummerSlam press junket and talked to a number of superstars, including Shayna Baszler. I'll have an article and a video dropping with her tomorrow. Uh, spoke to Cody Rhodes uh, earlier as well. That is already out right now. One Stop Shop is is on Twitter, at Rick Ucino, spelled just like you see it right there. Right now you can check out uh, what I talked to Cody Rhodes about today, and then uh, my conversation with Shane Baszler will drop tomorrow morning.
1: Dutch, you're always a busy man. You got your podcast, and you're going to be on one of the best podcasts in the world tomorrow, I hear.
0: That's what they say. What's the name of that podcast? Can you say it?
1: True. It's only true hill heat it was only in my, t- my 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 literal freaking
0: oh, tag right yes here. i'm, gonna, true hill heat. I'm gonna be, yes i'm gonna be there with you what time does it start 11 11 a.m eastern time
1: what yes. time does summer
0: yes. slam start 8:00. 8:00. eight
1: o'clock eight p.m eight p.m
0: okay so we'll be done way yeah, before i'm gonna, the- be, uh, I'm gonna be, uh, be i'm gonna be on there with you sid we can talk about rick you're one of my favorite subjects, Rick, to tell you the truth. And uh, people can find me, Dirty Dutch Mantel, with two L's, at gmail.com and uh, at uh, Dirty dirtydmantel on X. You know, they changed Twitter. Now it's X for whatever reason. I don't know. You know. So, it,
2: you know what's weird about that? Like, you used to ask people, hey, are you part. on Twitter? Hey, are you on Twitter? Are we supposed to say, hey, are you on X now? Because that means something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Say it, say it. Say it, you on X? You on
1: X? Because you're supposed to say you on E. It's not E, it's not X. It hasn't been X for a while. Now we're replacing X with Twitter. Um, You can follow me on X at sp 3 For podcast listeners, that's T-R-U, no E, and it's the same thing. For the YouTube channel, True Hill Heat Wrestling YouTube channel, we're going live tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. It will be myself, Romeo, True Draw Josh, and Dutch Mantel will be joining us live to talk about this week, WWE SmackDown and Raw, as well yeah. as Visek Man. Under federal investigation again, we're going to be talking all about that with Dutch, and we'll also talk about this week in wrestling from AEW and New Japan after Dutch is gone from us as well. But join us live for that, and of course, join us live here on, on the Sports Keto Wrestle Binge YouTube channel every single Friday following SmackDown. We will see you next Friday, right here on Sports Keto Wrestle Binge YouTube channel. Drop the like. Comment down below. Tell us what you thought about this week's SmackDown. What do you think about AEW Women's Division and more. For Rick for Dutch Mantel, it is me, it is me, your true old Phenom, SP3. This has been Smack Talk. We're out.